Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-Champions League edition of the City Watch American Citizens podcast. My name is Gray. I'm here with Josh. Before we get into the football, Josh has a little bit of a uh, a sprouts disclaimer, as I like to call it. So, Josh, take it away, and then we'll get into the football. Yeah, just earlier today, uh, I'd like to apologize for some some Twitter incidents. Uh, not so much for for my stance on the matter, but just for the way everything went down. Um, I strongly believe that this idea of sticking to sports is impossible if you are going to be talking about sports in the modern era, whether it's from a financial aspect or um, even if you look at just using Manchester City as an example, these new Champions League rules that they're trying to put into place, which award historical points um, that are obviously, obviously biased. Uh, You can't talk about that stuff uh, without addressing the politics of it all. And eventually... Somewhere along those lines, people are are going to disagree with each other because that's just what we do as as human beings is we disagree on political matters. Uh, that's never going to change. It's historically proven. Uh, what I would hope is that rather than telling us stick to sports because that isn't something that goes over well with me uh people can just shoot us shoot us an email man like just just shoot us you know some not necessarily pointed comments because that's not going to do anything either but just let us know what's up we definitely try are going to try to limit that stuff on on the main account but there's just going to be times when it's impossible like last year it would have been impossible to talk about the fifa takedown without addressing loretta lynch's role and everything and and how she got there and 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 so on and so forth and so i just i just say that you know real quickly there's going to be political discussion there are ultimately going to be topics of you know players who do appalling things like the like the racist orgy where we're you know I'm sure Gray and I will be like just get those dudes the hell out of the league. Um, things like that are going to come up because unfortunately that's today's modern sports. Um, we just hope that we're able to uh, talk about them, be told not be told that we can't talk about them. And if it's something that you ultimately don't like, you are free to unfollow us. There's just there's no need to make a spectacle out of it. We're definitely not going to push politics on anyone. Uh, that's not what we're here to do. But we are we will try and discuss it within a neutral realm of of politics as best we can, because nobody wants to to listen to a sports show and have. Uh, politics you don't believe in pushed on you and nobody understands that more than i you know i have a big loathing with guys like clay travis for a reason so you're you're never going to get that here but that is going to come up so moving forward uh let's hope that things go much better uh than they did today on twitter and if i made anyone feel uncomfortable i really do want to apologize to those people 
because we definitely are here for for the OSGs. Uh, don't let one bad apple spoil the whole bunch. Uh, and with that, we leave it in the dust because there are far too many positive things to talk about. Grace, yeah, take really. it away from me. Take it away from me. Let's let's talk about the ninety minute performance today. But first, before we do that. Uh, we have a new American correspondent that we'd like to introduce to you. His name is Matthew Hayes. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Villanova, I heard. I don't. You can tell tell us a little bit about yourself if you'd like to. Uh, your journey with City, whatever you'd like to share with us. That is correct. Uh, Villanova grad uh, started following City uh, about eight years ago. Uh, came over with uh, Shay Given actually, um, but without going too deep into the full story. Um, you know, I've been a diehard, uh, you know, since I first got my uh, my sky blue scarf. Shay Given. I wouldn't have expected Shay Given to convert anyone to Manchester City, but we're glad to have you. Um, so the three of us are going to get right into that performance today. City 4-0 over Gladbach. We voiced our concern in the run-up to this game about how Gladbach and Andre Schubert were kind of Pep's bogey team and bogey manager. At no point did they look terribly troubled by any of that today, did they, Josh? Oh, no, no. They just, I, you know, honestly, Aguero's goal happened so fast that I think a lot of people missed it. Like, not, not because. I missed it. Yeah. Not, I was looking down at my keyboard and I just looked up and they've Yeah, scored. yeah. I kind of like reached down to grab my soda and I was like, what, what just happened? Like, I mean, and I wonder how many people, like, send us your I Missed Aguero's goal story. Because, I mean, just City were just, I mean, the way that they produced those goals wasn't even, it was just, it was incredible. When when they were in, they were in, you know, it was just in and done. And and this this was a team that looked like they'd paid every bit of attention to every known weakness Gladback had. And we're like, oh, you're our bo- boogeyman? All right, let's see about that. That's exactly how this felt. A coach saying, oh, you think they're my boogeyman? Okay. Let me ask you both, and I'll let uh, Matt, Matt go first because... Guess first. Um, guess first. It's our policy. But... um. In the spectrum of the competitive matches that City have played this year, bearing in mind um, the two games in, against Bucharest and the, the league games, this was the seventh competitive game. So in those seven games, where do you rate this performance? Is it the best? Is it uh, top three? You know, where do you put it, judging by everything you've seen so far? You know, for me, it's it's tough because I feel like we see something different with this city team. You know, each time they come out, it seems like it, it looks like a different team than you know that first game than we've seen. You know, just six games later. Um, but I think especially that those first was it twenty five thirty minutes before that sub came on. Um, you know, it's hard to say it was uh, more impressive than the United match, but um, it was certainly up there. Josh, what do you think? Uh, there was a weird aura about it. It was dominance, but it wasn't the the typical dominance that you're used to seeing from a Pep squad. Just in the sense that they 
were moving the ball around at ease. It was it was so much of solid defensive play mixed with effective counters, mixed with quick strikes, mixed with all these little things that were a hodgepodge of 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 different tactics. And and as City started to go. As the score started to climb, ironically enough, City became a more of a pep side, and that was the funny part. Like by that time, they didn't need to; uh, they'd already absolutely crushed the hopes and dreams. But you know what I thought was great, and uh, feel free to, to 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 pick up here, man. I really enjoyed Gladback's official English account, man. Like, I mean, you talk about taking things in stride. Announce rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I think I don't know that it was the best performance overall, but I think it was the closest thing we've had to the full ninety-minute performance. I so still far. rate that Sevilla, Sevilla performance higher, and and I always will because this here's here's simply why excluding the fact like take the city portion out of this if you were ranking this as pep's best games would it fall into your top 10 Eh, exactly okay but if you were ranking manuel pellegrini's best games would sevilla fall into your top 10 yes okay there you go that's why i have this one ahead it's it was a fantastic win on its own but at the time, that Sevilla win was really impressive from a team that had shown nothing close to that. Right. But where where do you put it in context of the of the seven games that Pep has managed? Uh, all, across, all across all the league games. And well, obviously, else. I think the Bucharest game was the most comprehensive. I mean, yeah. But that game was so pathetic. I'm not sure it. Honestly. I think the United game for me, I, 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 this maybe this is the cheap answer. Either United for me or West Ham are the two games where it's just like when things got adverse against City, they dug in and they they proved they could win in multiple different ways. Like domination is great. Domination is is always enjoyable for everyone, but neutrals opposing squad like basically domination is really only enjoyable for fans of the club it doesn't honestly make for enthralling viewing uh to a certain extent now i'm not going to say it doesn't always because watching barca at the height of their pep petness was it, it was beautiful no matter what um, and, and so, too, with the best teams in the world. But in, in a situation... Yeah, I think, I think dominance is beautiful for a neutral if you're up against someone yeah. that you're, is supposed to be sort of right. on the same plane. As right. But Borussia, like 5-0 over Real Madrid, that was... Yeah, yeah. If, if City had gone into Real and done this, you couldn't get me to shut up about it. But dominance against Borussia Mönchengladbach, it feels like this is something Pep should have had handled before today. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think maybe the most impressive thing about this game was I don't even think Gladback played that poorly. Like especially coming off that last game, like they dealt with the press much better than United did. Um, and you know to win four nothing against a team that uh, you know wasn't playing poorly, I thought I thought that was something that really impressed me. 
Yeah. And I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that this is the Champions League. And aside from that Sevilla performance, even at our best, even in our finest seasons under Mancini, as it were, or under Pellegrini, the first year in particular when they won the league, City never really looked this assured in the Champions League. Um, it was, it didn't feel ever on edge. And that was kind of remarkable. And I think it was among the most assured they have ever looked in the Champions League. It looks like they'd grown up a little bit. I mean, we had some performances last year that they seemed to have their wits about them, but I thought that was really, really impressive. And City's Champions League form has been so on and off and so spotty since they began making the competition regularly that I don't want to lose sight of the fact that, you know, is this what they should look like more often? Yeah, it probably is, but it's a step forward that they have as long as they can stay consistent with it, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's definitely what you want to see. I consider it a very professional performance. I don't think Gladbach had been off to the best start in the Bundesliga this year. I don't know what their overall record coming in was. Um, but uh, I hesitate to say that you expect 4-0 against any opponent. No, yeah, but, that's fair. But there's a time with Guardiola where you almost do expect something at least. Like, I, I wouldn't say three goals or more is beyond expectation from a Guardiola side. I, I, I legitimately believe that in my heart. And I, I think I, Guardiola said that for himself he's like i don't want to just put a team that scores goals like i want goals like so much so that i I think what's his goals per average i couldn't tell you i i was more more my comment was more less about the scoreline and more about just sort of the control they exerted over the game um because there have been moments in the champions league where you know even with the, the, the score lines, they've had some good score lines, but even with that, it feels like, you know, they're really vulnerable on the counter or they're, they can be cut open. It just felt completely controlled today. And I think that when you're up against a team that is not as good as you on paper, I think that's what you ultimately want to see. Yeah. I don't think there can be arguing against that. You know, Matt, when, when you look at Borussia Mönchengladbach, like what, what do you quote expect coming into this game? Because I that that's still something I'm getting used to in in soccer is that there's this expectation. You know, I I guess it, it, it exists in college football too. You know, certainly with teams like Alabama who expect to win everything and and so on and so forth. But, like, I personally don't feel that way. Like, I think everything should be earned. You know, you, you, you've you got to get there on your own. And, and expectations are ultimately what lead to <laughs> disappointments. But what did you expect out of Borussia Mönchengladbach? Yeah, the, the expectation question is tough because, you know, especially being a home game, you know, we should have been expecting to get the win tonight. Um, But then there's the expectations of, you know, past city champions league performances that, you know, kind of temper your expectations a little bit. Um, But I think the most exciting thing is just 
um, you know, looking forward and seeing what, you know, what Pev can do. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was some concern about this game in the sense that it was, first of all, like we said, a team you'd had trouble with in the Bundesliga. And second of all, City's sort of checkered history in the Champions League. But that neither of those were really an issue at any point. It's just, it never felt like this was going to go badly. They could have had four in the first half, I thought. Um, so let's get into the standouts. Who, you know, the obvious is Aguero for scoring a hat trick, but, you know, and you're free to mention him, but who stood out to you over the course of that 90 minutes? Dude, it's Gundogan. Like, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Gundogan. As a matter of fact, apparently it was just tweeted that Gundogan said, uh, who was it, to uh, Kelly, Mc, Kelly McDonnell uh, of MCFC TV, he just said that he was only 80% fit tonight. Like, okay. Dang. <laughs> Please. Please let us know when you're at 100 because I should have scored. Really, he should have. He should have. That he, was. He should have yeah. his account on his. It was unfortunate. I it. think he was either. I don't know if it was a little bit tentative or he was trying to be a little bit too finesse on the finish. But I think it was just. I honestly, you know what it was. I think it was ultimately just spacing. Like I think that. Where he was, if he'd have been pushed out just a little further, like, then the goalkeeper wouldn't have gotten there. But where he was situated, like, I think at the end of the day, like, he he would have had to just put it in the bottom left-hand corner. Like, that 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 should have been his option, is just to kind of, like, eh, in the left-hand corner. Because almost anywhere else you go, the keeper stands a pretty fair shot at making the save. Yeah, it was also a pretty good save, though. I think I think their keeper had a pretty good game, and I think uh, you know on an average day we do put in six or seven just by the chances that we did take. Yeah, I think so too. And they um, they couldn't. He was making a lot of really good saves. Summer was, and that was he was frankly their best player. Yeah, yeah. he might have been. Never, he might have been the man of the match. You never want your goalkeeper to be have to be your best player, but you know I suppose it's better than nothing. Um, Bravo wasn't called into action much, but that one save he had to make was pretty good reaction save. I thought. I'm not obviously going to put him as one of the standouts, but after last weekend, I wanted to mention him because I thought it would only be fair that he seemed to be everything they would want him to be, and he made a very good reaction save tonight. So I wanted to get Bravo's name out there after the lambasting he took over the derby because that's why they signed him yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because that that was a really good save i think that's that's probably the toughest place you know for a keeper to get down that low that quickly um i know uh you know like uh like like david mooney who you had the on the podcast recently um i was an amateur goalkeeper back in my day a long time ago but um I, I, I know just from that and, um, you know, training with uh, more successful keepers, um, th- that really was a pr- an impressive save. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can you can ask of Bravo in a game like that, but he wanted to keep a clean sheet. And, and I think that whatever he wasn't doing outside that spectacular save – 
he was he was out he was basically an outfield player tonight and and he was making a lot of good passes he was I'm, I'm not sure what his accuracy was but I, I I think it was pretty dang high up there I don't remember him misplacing but one or two balls and and one of them was intentional when he just decided to hoof it you know he he was integral in the buildup as usual uh, though I do find it maybe this is worth talking about it in terms of the game because in the last two games we've not really seen it at least within the goals that city have had it's kind of been just really quick you know what i mean like Colorado to ianacho to de bruyne was you know almost out of you know straight 1990s championship manager or something um you know you just long ball that bad boy up there and 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 hope for the best these you know quick crosses coming in off the side uh, a lot of these goals some at least that i'm recalling are kind of, some coming kind of against a run of play there what do you make of that like i don't think it's a weakness at all like i and I don't. I think City have shown that their way they can do with the Guardiola way as well. I'm just curious. What we'll start with you, Matt. What What do you make of the fact that how City are scoring seems to be anathema to how Guardiola actually wants to play? I mean, I think it's a good sign at the end of the day. Um, you know, the players are you know taking his words to heart, and you know, I don't. I don't think anybody expected to see. City playing Guardiola football after uh, seven games, but um, you know it's it's a good sign. Yeah, I think there's a sort of reality that you, there's just going to have to be. The, I it's, I find it also I also find it encouraging because they they are scoring in kind of a different way, but at the same time they do have the pl- right play style, and they do have the the right idea of what they're trying to do but at the same time you know if you can beat someone in many ways like if plan a isn't working you have to have a plan b and a plan c that's great and i that's exactly what i want um because you're gonna have games where plan a isn't working it's just the way it is um but i find it encouraging and i don't know that you know i think it's something that will be evolving over the course of the season, for lack of a better word. I'm genuinely curious why more has not been made of it. You know, like everybody, everybody keeps saying or was saying coming into this that like, oh, Pep's not going to be able to do, you know, uh, Pep things here in the Premier League. And not only has he been able to do that, but he's shown that he can come in and long ball better than teams that long ball. He's shown he can get more physical with teams that are bigger than them, looking at you, United. They've shown that they can win at Stoke. You know, all the old adages, they've come in and done, and nobody's really coming out and, and, and making a big deal about this. Like, this isn't... Like, if Pep were to get his ideal way, how they're winning and playing probably wouldn't be in it, like, you know, but for a couple of games. Of course Pep will take the results. 
Um, and, and I don't think Pep cares that, that, that they're winning this way. I do think that Pep is that. I think it's a sign that Pep has adapted and has been preparing for this far more than people are gave him credit for, is I think what I'm trying to say here. Like, that's why I'm surprised more is not being made of it. Like, it's not just that City are winning. It's that even when it's a slugfest, they're winning and look like they dominate most of the game. That's yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, the one major flashpoint, I'll just ask it now, the one major flashpoint from the game, the penalty to, to Aguero, obviously a foul. That's not the question. Was he in the box? Was he out of the box? Uh, um, I don't think it was a penalty. I'm with Demo on this one. I think it started outside. So do I, actually. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even question it in the moment. Off to off to go back and watch it again. I thought he was just a tiny bit outside or maybe on the line. It it, it could have gone either way. I'm not surprised it got called, and I'm obviously not upset it got called. And it definitely wasn't the reason that City won the match. Um, last standout I want to mention before we move on, um, sort of two actually, Kolarov and Zavaleta basically playing as midfielders again, um, very effectively. I thought. It's, it's just Kolarov in particular. We're just going to say it every week, I guess. Just a revelation. Yeah, and who who would have thought to? Nobody, nobody. If you had told if you had told me, okay, pick one player who you you know might might be on the outs at, at City, um, that but Pep is going to turn them into not only a regular but a key contributor. I would have gone through a few names. And I might have spit out Torre before I spit out Kolarov. I just, no one saw it coming. It would not have come to mind for me. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's not even that Kolarov has been a productive member of this team. You know, he's played center back. He's played left back. And then when um, when Gundogan came off, he, he took his spot. You know, it, it it really seems like Pep took a liking to Kolarov. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he did because it's it's working out for us. Yeah, I uh, I said, interestingly enough, um, coming into the 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 year that there were going to be surprises. Like, and I know I talked with with uh, Asan about this, and I had said, I said there are people who you are going to be adamant that are gone. Now, of course, at the time. I'm thinking it's going to be Mangala because, you know, Boateng. Colorado is not on my mind. But I did say that there are going to be surprises, and I think that, that there are people who people think are automatically gone, and Pep's like, no, 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 no. I've got a plan for this guy. But just to quote Gray... Colorado, you could have given me 10, if somebody would have said, yep, it's going to be, it's that is going to happen, but it is not going to be Mangala, I'd have been like, Willie Caballero, yeah. uh, Fernando. I think you, the name you give, you just, you say, okay, yeah. take, it's not going to be Aguero, Silva, um, De Bruyne, even Sterling, uh, Fernandinho, 
Gunwan company. Oh, the, the spine of the team. Yeah. You give the spine of the team. It's going to be someone else. Start naming. I'm like, you Demon Stylus is going to stay on for one yeah. more year. You know, like I would have, I would have said anything before I got. Gail Clichy is an advanced winger. Yeah, yeah, like Navas is the new CDM. Navas it right back, <laughs> which is we mooted actually on this podcast. Um, yeah, never, never in my wildest dreams. Um, anybody leave something to be desired today for you? I will just put out that I'm still not entirely sure, aside from defensive cover, what Navas brings to this team. Although, Matthew, you had an interesting observation about where he was deployed once Sané came on. Yeah, I, I, st- I still can't make sense of it when, you know, when Sané came on for Sterling... You know, Sané took that right wing spot and then pushed over Navas to the left. And, you know, I don't know if that is, um, you know, Pep saying that he wants to see Sané more on the right side. Um, Or if it's uh, maybe he's just seen enough of Navas on the right. And I'm not sure because, you know, surely Sané, everything that I've heard from him, um, you know, I, I haven't watched him too much in the German league, um, but his versatility was a big selling point. So I was just surprised that he didn't come over um, to take Sterling's spot on the left and that that switch occurred. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of that. And maybe maybe it was just they'd wanted to get I don't know. Maybe it was just a numbers game. I'm not sure. But. Maybe, obviously, it's not a secret that Navas's final ball has left some things to be desired at certain points. Maybe they think, well, put him on the on the, on the left flank with the right foot, some sort of sort of an, an inside forward, someone who cuts inside, perhaps if he can get to the byline and pull back instead of flinging in doomed cross after doomed cross. Maybe there's something they can work with there instead. I don't know, but. I thought that was interesting, too, because I noticed it immediately. I'm like, Navas is playing on the left. What is going on in the, in the world right now? It was, it was very strange, and I kind of liked it in an odd way. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on uh, Navas as the left winger yet. I, I, I'm not either, <laughs> for the record, but it's an interesting thought, at least. No, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. It definitely is. Um, I, I, I did think that uh, Navas being on the left – uh, twisted him up at the, at one point. I forget the the exact run of play, but you know it was perfectly set up for that left foot cross, and you know Navas had to you know cut back to his right foot once or twice. But who knows? I mean, I'm not going to sit here questioning Pep. I, yeah. I, I would trust him with my uh, you know my last will and testament at this point. Your firstborn. Yeah. Yeah. I'd certainly um, trust him with my kid. <laughs> Teach my child how to play football. As a matter of fact, I'd kind of almost insist. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, Christine, is there any way I could, could just convince you guys to help, you know, raise, like, bring this thing up, just acculturated and, 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 and filled with tactical knowledge? I mean, you see how much his daughters love going over tactics with him. I'm telling you. Those girls are going to be ceiling shatterers if they opt to go into coaching. Like, no joke. If they enter in as even, you know, if they go in individually or as a tandem, which I think would be cool if they went in like, girl, let's do this together. Like, can you imagine, like, 
because they're absorbing this stuff like at an early age. And so by the time they get to, you know, maximum capacity age where your brain is truly processing everything that's going on, like, can you imagine what they'll know by that point? Like, look at what he already has them doing and how difficult it is for some grown men to grasp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you have anyone that you were kind of eh on, Josh, in this in this one? Or was just everyone kind of meet to your standards? Uh, do you mean did I have a standout guy or did I have someone who was uh, meh? Someone, someone who was meh. Um... I obviously don't want to go looking for negatives if there aren't any. It's just sort of, you know, a, a thought who didn't have – if we're going to talk about positives, talk about um, I, not as much positive. I, I, I thought that Stones had had some misplaced passes today. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Raheem. Um, and, and, and Sané too, I think he had a stronger, uh, uh, performance, uh, but in the Derby. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that this is a team that, that is, you, you can't all these little individual things, man. When you look at how Pep's still tinkering, you have to almost expect that one dude on the team is going to have what someone, if they were looking hard enough, could classify as a meh game. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to make it clear. I'm not trying to nitpick negatives where there aren't any. I thought, frankly, I thought, I don't know who the worst player on the pitch tonight was, but I thought even the worst player tonight played fairly well. I don't have any complaints with anyone out outright. So I just I just want to clarify that I'm not trying to nitpick and I'm not trying to spit up some hot takes about people who were bad that weren't actually. No, bad. it's exactly like my point last uh, about the last game where Guardiola got it tactically wrong by playing Bravo. Look, it's 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 not it's not nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking. It's because he got it wrong, and there's going to be times later on in the season when he does it again, and we'd better be prepared to talk about it in a less than joyous voice because when it backfired at Bayern, it usually backfired in the day in a way that felt like somebody peed in your Cheerios. What do you have to add, Matt? You know, for, for me to add too much more on the negative front, um, probably would classify as nitpicking. Um, you know, I, I did agree that, you know, some of the decisions that Stones made and, you know, even in the United game, a couple of the, a couple of the passes, I kind of wish you would have taken back, but, you know, at the same time for every, you know, one pass that goes Aaron, he has three or four, um, you know, amazing plays. So, I, I can't really, I can't really pick one. If I had to pick somebody, it might be Navas. Yeah, that's kind of where I would go to. Um, so let's move on to uh, Guardiola's post-game comments because inevitably he was asked about two things, um, or two things came up at least. The first thing that came up was the grand tradition of the city fans booing the uh, UEFA Champions League anthem, which they did duly. And 
the other point was the attendance figure tonight, which was only a little over 30,000. Now, for the record, let's just put this out there. This game was supposed to be played 24 hours earlier. It was rescheduled on short notice because of weather, and a lot of people likely did not have the means or the ability to get to this game as they would have had it happened as scheduled. So let's put that out of the way before we discuss anything else. But when it came up, with Guardiola, he seemed to, he, he basically, he went and raised the point on his own, really, about the attendance. It's saying the players deserve the stadium completely full. Hopefully it will happen be, um, against Barcelona and Celtic. And he said, the only thing we can do is play good so the people at home say wow and be there. And he also said the fans should forget about the protests against UEFA, forget the past, look toward the future. What do you guys, and I have seen already these comments aren't going down terribly well amongst the City fans, nor should they, I don't think. So I want to get your thoughts, and obviously all three of us are sitting here in America. We aren't really truly in tune with how um, the attendances or whatnot and the particular nastiness. We can watch the UEFA situation play out from afar, but we're not there getting the full experience, the full animosity toward the organization, I don't think is a good way to put it. So with all that in mind, from where we're sitting, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on both Guardiola bringing, commenting on the attendance tonight, as well as the uh, UEFA protests. And Matthew, you can go first. Sure. I mean, I think, I think off the top, I think the, the comments are probably – probably ill-advised. I'm not sure necessarily who he's trying to reach or, you know, what effect he's trying to gain from those comments. Um, but, you know, he, he, he had to know that, um, or maybe he didn't know, but those comments were never going to sit well with the, uh, the city faithful, um, you know, to, to his point, uh, you know, on the television, you know, it was noticeable that there were some empty seats, but he has to, you know, take the the situation into consideration. Um, you know, given the the, the the delay in the game and um, it being a midweek game, um, you know, so I, I'm not I'm not sure who is going to get into his ear after this, um, if anybody. Um, but you know, th- those comments definitely are odd. Oh, I completely, completely disagree. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I agree with everything you've said and disagree. Uh, the comments are not odd in the sense that who is Pep's employer? I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Who is Pep's Guardiola employer? Guardiola has, has never really managed on, and I don't, I don't say that he was part and parcel. You can't steal my point. No. <laughs> But I and I I just want to make clear I don't want this to sound like I'm accusing Pep of being part and parcel of the UEFA cartel so to speak. But the clubs he has managed are yeah. Well, actually, I was going to say this: Who's Pep's employer? It's it's you know the Abu Dhabi group, right? Correct. Correct. Dude, they want to see a full stadium. They they just gave Pep. I don't know how much money and 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 overspent on guys they didn't want to buy because Pep told them I want him just get the stones deal done. Like 
Pep, Pep is going to come out and say this stuff because he enjoys his job and he wants to keep those dudes happy. It's what they want to see. At the end of the day, Pep's a humanist. I think he understands at the heart of it. It's it's This is the equivalent, and fans should take it, as the equivalent of Pep Guardiola coming out and saying that Claudio Bravo had the best game he's ever seen. Like, look, he, he's saying this stuff for the benefit of Monsoor and Caldoun, who just gave him a king's ransom to put on a performance that the fans are sitting there ranting and raving about. This is a guy who knows how to play the politics of, again, here we go, sports and politics. This is a guy who knows how to play the boardroom politics, and in and in the boardroom, and especially with 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 the Abu Dhabi group, with with these owners, there is a little bit of deference, man. They 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 want that. That that's part of the bill, you know. They want to be appreciated, and that's you know why you see p- things that are important to Pep is like him getting the players over there to the fans and stuff. He does all of those little things, but all of those little things also happen to include saying, we shouldn't boo you a because it looks like he's trying to get the fans to stop it. He's playing his part. That's all this is. So we actually had a different Maybe. Uh, thought. We did. No, I thought you were going somewhere else with that, so I'm sorry for cutting in. My thought was, and I saw someone else point this out on Twitter, um, Guardiola's previous two employers are Barcelona and Bayern, who have been very much on the inside of UEFA, trying to exclude clubs like ours from the big boy table. So I'm not saying that he is, you know, in that camp, but I'm saying he's coming into a club that has a completely different mindset toward you. And I know Barcelona has its own problems with UEFA, to be frank, but um, he is coming into a different environment, and I think he's learning. I don't. I don't think he came in without an idea, but I think he's learning exactly how those feelings go towards UEFA as a whole. Um, the attendance comments, I would say, he would ha- he would be completely justified in saying them had this been a regularly scheduled game. But with the 24-hour delay, um, everything that led up to it, and the fact that at the end of the day, Manchester City are still a working-class club. It's not easy for a lot of these people to drop everything again, unscheduled, 24 hours later, and find their way to this. Um, that I that's a lot to ask of some people. So I don't And Pep will take the temperature of that. Right. This will get yeah. back to him. I mean and I would know he won't yeah. necessarily he'll say all the other things, but he'll be like, No, I'm not gonna go after the fans. You know Old Trafford didn't have a full house when they had to play the rescheduled Bournemouth game last season in the Premier League. I think if any situation like this happened with any club in England or really any you know, I think there would be a, t- a lower attendance than there would have been otherwise. It's just kind of a fact of life. And it's a shame. I wish they could have, you know, had the full house that they would have gotten yesterday had they played this game yesterday, had they been able to play this game yesterday. I think it's a shame, but I think the, at- I, I, I don't, I take your point. I completely take your point. He is speaking pro- on behalf of an employer that want to see and they hear the empty head jibes. Everyone does. It's not. But it's also some, statistically in fact. It's, of course it's statistically in factual. But I think there is an awareness that on a night like tonight, even though there is a perfectly good reason for it, they just know what's coming. 
and the, the internet jokey jokes. So you know, I don't think they should concern themselves with it. But your point is well taken. This is something that's being done on behalf of the employer. And I think he'll see these comments aren't going to go over terribly well with the fans. Yeah. It's not not going to make them hate him or anything. No. It's not going to turn them on him. But they're going to make it clear, you know, no, we're not going to stop booing the anthem. And the attendance, frankly, was not our fault. And I'm sure the so, next time that that he comments on the anthem, he will say, I sat down with the fans and I got to understand, you know, the basis behind it. And it'll be something about that's the... If, pa- it, even, if it even comes I'm up again. I'm sure it will. It will. And, and he'll talk about passion and he'll talk about love and he'll talk about how something can mean so much to you that sometimes that's the way... In Spain, this type of behavior is acceptable. They do it. That's what the white hankies are for. Like, he's been around this stuff and knows that culturally it exists. And so UEFA, the the UEFA boo is just another, um, you know, it's just another iteration of that. It's just another iteration of waving the white hanky or however teams protest. That's it's, it's just a different same cat, different color. And, and, and I think that, you know, Pep, Pep will take the temperature on this one. But really, at the end of the day, I honestly think that he was just taking the corporate line after being given a huge checkbook and, and just wanting to throw some dabs to, to the guys that made it possible. That, that's how I saw all of this. It was coach mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing I would add before we move on is that I think Guardiola really does want to build something here. And I think he wants to have the fans all pulling in the same direction as him and the players. So I think this was kind of laying down a marker. It's like, okay, you know what? You have problems with UEFA and that's fine, but let's, you know, we are here for the club, for the players, and we are playing for you. So I think he wants to foster that sense of community, build that sort of thing. And I think he just, I'm not sure. I think he might feel it's a tiny bit detrimental to that, but I, frankly, there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing he could say to make them stop. And it's just going to have, he's just going to have to learn, learn to live with it. It's a fact of life at this point. Well, maybe if they won the Champions League, that might change some things, but. Yeah, that was, (laughs) there's your marker. Go with it. Um, before we pivot to... No, I uh, think they'd be like David Stern. Like, he'd get booed making... Well, actually, he got cheered on the last pick pick that he ever made. But, like, I can honestly see City being the only club that boos as a healthy Vincent company hoists the, the, the cup in the air, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I think they would draw the line there. <laughs> like, boo! <laughs> We're already sarcastically booing Sterling, so you know what? Why don't we just take that's it? That's what I'm saying. Spot. You sometimes uh, <laughs> appropriate these things, and that's um, what I've said City fans should have done with the Sterling chant a long time ago, was appropriate it. You appropriate it, and then all of a sudden the other fans are like, well, that sucks. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we move on, we're going to do a quick preview of the Bournemouth game, but before we move on, does either of you have any last thoughts on the Gladbach performance, the game, anything relating to it? I'm glad we didn't play yesterday after seeing the video of them trying to kick the footballs. <laughs> if that didn't make you laugh, then I don't know what... That thing was hilarious. Yes, it was. I think I think so, the last thing on, on this game that I wanted to bring up was 
just how impressed I've been with Otamendi. I thought he had another great game. Um, you know, the runs that he's making and the passes that he's making, it's, I, I don't know what, it's, it's not, it's not the same player as last year. Yeah, I can see that too. I, I, it's, the problem was always the diving out and getting caught out of position, wasn't it? And it seems tempered so far this year. Maybe that's because teams have had is a harder it, time. Is it probably thought, thought to ponder? Is it possible that we're seeing the Otamendi that won La Liga Defender of the Year? And, I and, think it absolutely And is. that really last year was the aberration? Is that the possibility? Oh, yeah. I absolutely think so. That could be a possibility, yep. Yeah, and the main difference with his diving in is that he's he's winning all those challenges now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he it's, is. It seems like, to have at least smartened up on on when to do it. Like when those tackles do come off, I mean, you know, they're a thing of beauty to watch. They, yeah, they really are. Um, the only the last thing that I'd really add to this is is I'm 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 really glad Matt brought up Otamendi because he really does deserve his his credit. Like he does, especially like this is now two incredibly solid performances in a row. Like the, these these are man's performances. Um, I I do think that. The wing play needs to offer more in terms of goals. That's fair. That that's the only criticism I have so far is that if I look at every other squad Pep's managed, the wingers have been far more involved in the goal scoring process, and right now Nolito and Sterling aren't sitting at fantastic totals. Um. I would like to see more winger involvement because I think that Manchester City currently have like three of the most prolific wingers in the world, at least when it comes to pace. Yeah. Sterling's finishing is still a work in progress, as we all know. So I think he's learning how to be a goal scorer still. Okay. Actually, there is one other last thing that I want to say about this game. Did anyone else have a problem with the announcer saying Navas every single time? (laughs) That was a bit... I've heard him before and I've heard it before, so I guess it wasn't as jarring for me. I I just kept thinking Navas. Like, did did he not get the pronunciation sheet? I don't know. It's it's Jesus Navas. (laughs) Navas. <laughs> Jesus Navas. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to good help. stuff. Good stuff. We are. Well, we already knew that. Um, so not to harp on it too much, but we do have Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, Saturday, the seventeenth, ten a.m. start for us here in America on the East Coast. Seven a.m. for you. Um. Aguero back to being banned, which, you know, may be good since he can rest up that leg a little bit. Um, again, it feels like another game that even without him, City should be able to win. Um, I'm not sure we'll see team change. I would expect that Silva will be back in as long as there's no serious problem with him. Apparently today it was just he didn't feel good in training, so we didn't put him in the squad. Obviously, that's kind of evasive, but they didn't make it sound like there was anything serious going on. So I'd expect to see him back in. You know what I think happened? 
You know what? What's I, that? I had Howard Hawkins on. Do you remember when Howard Hawkins said that if one player even looks 3% off, Pep has a squad to where he can be like, you sit, you yep. go. I think Silva was 2% off, and he said, okay, you go, David, you sit. And it sure worked out, didn't it? Um, but yeah. What, what kind of, what do we think, how are we feeling about this one? I feel pretty good about it. Um, Bournemouth can play, obviously. Eddie Howe, I like. I like Eddie Howe a lot. But there's just a quality difference on paper that you would expect to play itself out. Um, especially if Bournemouth do try to play, because I feel like Guardiola would just take that and run with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not overly concerned about the, the Bournemouth game. You know, I think Nolito is going to come back in and, um, you know, even with Aguero out, it seems like all that uh, Kelechi does is score goals at this point. So, you know, I, I, th- I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm jinxing it by just saying it, but I, th- I think we get a, another fairly easy win here. Josh, would you like to bring the doom and gloom? Or are you going no, to I, I want to bring the doom and gloom, but look, man, uh, Pep has always emphasized the importance of the first eight games. And dropping vital points, especially now that you've given yourself somewhat of a, a, a cushion between you and, and United, um, that Pep won't tolerate that crap. That's that's you know to quote Jeff Fisher, seven and nine BS. Um, <laughs> uh, Hopefully, that's the last time we quote Jeff yeah, Fisher in relation to Pep Guardiola. Seriously, seriously, <laughs> oh my God, that. That is the statement of the day. That should be the name of the podcast. The last time we ever quote Jeff Fisher in the same sentence as Pep Guardiola. Um, but, uh, yeah, I – what was the original question again? Um, how you feeling about the game? Yeah, do you I, expect uh, any changes? Do you think uh, this will be I, a win? Or I, 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 I think that some guys who just got promoted are about to get some game time. Um and I think that maybe Sene gets a whole game. Raheem gets a day off. Uh, maybe, um, you know, I, I don't know. Ilke gets a whole game. Uh, I, I, I toast and throw him in there. I don't know. Uh, Bournemouth's a good team. But, yeah, it's like you said, that the, the quality difference on this one, especially with City, playing at least around potential. Um, I've learned in soccer that it that's it, it is what it is, right? Right. And like I said, I'm not saying that Bournemouth can't hurt City, but you would have to think that if they do try to get down and play with us, that would play right into our hands, I think. Yeah, I think is going to have to that. do some serious thinking, you know. Like, he's going to have to have a, a, a – like, hey, let me put it this way. If Eddie Howe does end up beating Guardiola, it's going to be kind of like Leipzig and Red Bull. It's going to be fun to watch either way because yeah. I'd be interested to see the man that outthinks Pep. Yeah. That is a good way of putting it. So I think we feel, collectively, we feel pretty good about this one. It's, it seems like a solid matchup for City. Can I ask a question oh. to you guys? Go for is it. Is there anybody you'd like to see feature more prominently against Bournemouth? If it's I want to see collectively. 
I want to see Sané for nine for start from the start. I would like to see Sané from the start personally. Is that does that same yeah. hold true for you, Matt? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, it, it it does seem like Raheem's been playing a lot of minutes, so it might make sense for him to uh, to get in there on the right. Um, you know, where he came in today, and then have Nolito in the left, uh, where um, you know Raheem was playing today. Um, I think the only other person. I would like to see is probably Angelino. Um, you know, Kolarov, has he played every minute fun. for us so far? Um, seems, seems like it. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did make the bench today, so it would be good to see, uh, to see him get a run out on uh, Saturday. That would be fun. Yeah. I, it, I, I love that, that every time he makes the bench, people are like, who the hell is Jose to <laughs> <laughs> I have to Google it every time. Yeah. Double take. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, was that your tweet? Was that your tweet? That was, yeah. That was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true though. Uh, it, I, I, I thought it was brilliant cause it's true. You know, you're like, you're like, who the hell is, Oh, Angelino got it. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the only, we know who I'm going to say, right, Gray? Your prince. Yes. <laughs> Senor Tosin. Yes. All right. Yeah, well, before we close this out, um, first of all, before I start closing it out, anyone have anything they'd like to add about City or anything else? Floor is yours if you want it. No, I think that's all for me. All right. Oh, um, I would say no, 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 no. I would say that uh, we could, we could, you know, both Gray and I picked up Pez, and we know a lot of you are uh, gamers out there and, and be doing soccer games. I can honestly say, if 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 you've got the cash, I'm personally purchasing both. Um, As am I. I, I don't, I don't actually see the reason to 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 pick one or the other. I, I don't understand why that's a thought process for some people. Uh, you can you can legally own both at the same time. Uh, Pez is an enormous amount of fun, man. I, and I think that the overhauls that they did this year on both games, because I played the demo uh, for FIFA 17, the journey mode, I cannot wait to put Alex Hunter in blue. Um, I cannot wait to make him a blue. I know that that's going to dominate some of my time, but I... I I really love the changes that they made to Master League. I think that the that Pez this year is is going to be another ton of fun to play. Yeah, I got Pez yesterday. Day it came out, um, only got a game or two in. Play as Monaco against PSG. Got obliterated. Cavani scored a hat trick against me, and it was a blast. So there you go. Um, Matthew, since you're new to us, you can um, go ahead, tell us where to find you on social media or wherever else you'd like people to be able to find you, if you'd like. Sure, you can uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, at Mr. Matt Well. That's uh, M-I-S-T-E-R-M-A-T-U-E-L. Perfect. Um, that about covers it for us. I am Gray um, for Josh and... You've been listening to City Watch's American Citizens. We'll be back probably after the Bournemouth game. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. And we are sponsored by Blog Talk Radio as well. So thanks for listening to City Watch's American Citizens. We'll be back at you at the weekend. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week, everybody.